Hey, Sam. Hey, Bev. What you drinking over there? So, oh, trying to get it open. There we go. Oh, that sounded lovely. Yeah, I uh, used one of my husband's uh, bottle openers that he makes Ooh. to open a bottle. He makes bottle openers? He does. He just batched out oh. a bunch of them. I think we're going to go drop them off in like one of the local shops around here that I sell yarn at. Um, oh. But they're pretty cool. They use like a state quarter on them to do the thing that pulls off. I'll have him make you one and I'll mail it. Yay. Because they're super I like fun. It. I like it. And if they're super cool, we can maybe put them on the shop. Oh, <laughs> hey. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. See? Look at us thinking. I know. It's not even a minute into the podcast and we're already on fire. <laughs> Right? Yeah. I am drinking a... I wish I knew how to pronounce this brewery. I pronounce it Troegs. It's T-R-O with the double like dots over it. Okay. E-G-S. And it is the Unfiltered Dream Weaver Wheat Beer. Ooh. And I picked this up yesterday because I was looking for a pawpaw beer because I went to the pawpaw festival. Um, but I did not find a pawpaw beer to drink on the podcast. And I'm pretty sure that I drank the one that I know that gets bottled. It's by Jackie O's. Um, it's their pawpaw wheat. I think I drank that on the podcast, like somewhere around episode like 10 through 15. This is why I need to make that beer list. Um, cause I'm sure that I've had it on the podcast oh. before, but I was like, that's all right. I went to the pot, the pawpaw festival yesterday. So it's all right if I double up for that. Um, but I settled on this dream weaver because it just looks so hippie and happy and i'm gonna have like a hippie happy day today because i'm going to a concert oh okay and yeah but i'm gonna drink it out of my uh pawpaw festival glass that i picked up since i couldn't have a pawpaw beer that's fair so what are you drinking over there so i am drinking well because it's 106 p.m as we record this right now on a sunday um I still had a lot of coffee left because I asked my husband, do you want me to make you coffee? And he's like, yeah. So I made a full pot. Did he drink coffee? No. So I had a lot left when I was going to (laughs) record. So uh, I was like looking up Irish coffee recipes, but apparently like all Irish coffee, you need Irish whiskey, which I don't have in the house right now. So then I Googled, can I put Jack Daniels in coffee? (laughs) Because we do have that. (laughs) The answer is always yes to that. So I found a recipe on this blog. Um, (laughs) The the name of the blog blog is awful. It's mantitlement.com. Mantitlement. And it's basically. well with our BS session. (laughs) But it's basically like, I don't think it's like a, like, it's not like that. But it's just a, a blog about like things that men like. So it's really no different than like a blog about makeup, really. I think it just sounds like way worse than it actually is. But I mean, I've only looked at this one page. So I'm making a very blanket statement for something I don't know a lot about. Um, (laughs) But they had a recipe on there called Jacked Up Irish Coffee. So it's eight ounces of fresh brewed coffee, uh, two ounces of Jack Daniels whiskey, one tablespoon of brown sugar, half teaspoon of vanilla extract. And so I did that. And then you're supposed to put, like, whipped cream on the top because apparently, like, when you drink an Irish coffee, you have to have the whipped cream on the top and you drink it, like, through the cream. Um, But I didn't have any of that. But Sam decided she's going to go back on the keto diet randomly um, after she watched the documentary The Magic Pill, which is a great documentary um, about food. So it kind of reignited my excitement about keto. Um, but I can talk a little bit more about that later. Um, but so I do have heavy cream in my fridge (laughs) and (laughs) I put, I just was like, well, I don't have time to like try to whip this up into like the little peaks or whatever. So I just mixed some of that in there and it like took the edge off of it. Cause I did try to drink it black, like without the cream in there. It was a little aggressive. Yeah, that is a little aggressive. It was a little nutty. Um, but the cream helped, um, so, yeah, it's actually pretty good. But that was a very long way to explain my drink. I apologize. <laughs> That's so if right. Bev's, Bev's going to try to fit that into a one-minute wave, I don't know if that'll... One little... Nope. 
Maybe we won't do waves this week. We do waves when we want to. But actually, yes. I do have to talk about beer for just one more second because I Ooh. wanted to tell everybody about the pawpaw beers that I had yesterday. Um, yes. Unfortunately, like they don't let you bring a growler in there or else I would have drank them on the podcast today. Um, but one of them was called Pawpaw Wawa. And <laughs> it was by uh, North High Brewing Company, which is in Columbus. And I've actually been there before. And then the other one was a Pawpaw Bison. And it was brewed by Little Fish Brewing Company, which is in Athens, Ohio. And what I really liked about the Pawpaw Bison was that it was 100% Ohio-grown ingredients and Ohio foraged pawpaws. So I was really excited about that. So it, like, checked all my boxes. It was a local (laughs) beer. All the ingredients came from a local place. I was really excited to get to drink it. Um, So if anybody likes pawpaws or they're anywhere near where those two breweries are you can go try those beers yeah I was really excited for a hot minute yesterday I got excited and then mad and then disappointed because I saw your post and you're like I'm at the pawpaw festival and there's a pawpaw Michigan so I was like oh "Oh my god Bev's in pawpaw and then I was like mad because I was like why did she not invite me and then I was disappointed (laughs) because I realized you were in the one in Ohio and I was like oh (laughs) <laughs> yep, Paw Paw Festival at Lake Snowden, Ohio. So if anybody likes Paw Paws, uh, I'll probably be there next year also because I really love Paw Paws. What the f*** are Paw Paws? Oops, I said the F word on the podcast. Uh-oh. I don't you know can... if I'll bleep that or not. <laughs> Just bleep it. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, that kind of makes it funnier. <laughs> yeah. But what are, so, what are they? <laughs> a pawpaw is a native fruit. Um, and in fact, uh, there's a little video that Vox put out about what the pawpaw is. And I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, it's native to 26 states in the United States. So it's like the ultimate like United States local native wild fruit. Um, oh. And it's like it's green and it has like this hard skin that you can't really eat. Um, when they're ready to be picked, you just shake the tree and they fall down. They usually have a few black spots on them, which is actually like a type of, um, like, I don't know. I don't want to say yeast infection, but, um, (laughs) basically, yeah, that's kind of what it is. Um, but you'll know that they're ripe because they'll be green and they'll have some like black splotching on them and they'll be just a little squishy. We like to just take a knife and cut them in half horizontally so that it makes like two perfect little like bowls. And then the seeds are kind of hard to pluck out, but you don't want to eat the seeds. I usually just like pop them in my mouth and then just clean all the pawpaw skin off of them and then spit the seeds out. And then you Mm. use a spoon and you just eat the fruit flesh out of your little pawpaw bowl. And it kind of tastes like a mix between a banana and a mango and a kiwi. It's like kind of tropical, but it has like this custardy like texture to it I don't know how to describe it but I Mm. love pawpaws they don't travel very well which is why you don't usually find them at farmers markets or in the grocery store Um, but if you have a pawpaw stand near you you can pick a bunch of them and I like to freeze them in baggies and it makes like pawpaw ice cream basically you don't have to add anything to it because it's just frozen like custardy pawpaw it doesn't need any sugar. It doesn't need any processing. You just got to peel the skin off of it and throw the seeds away. That sounds... I want to try one. Yeah. You know, I haven't gone out to check our pawpaw stand yet because it requires a machete. <laughs> and because our woods are like totally crazy right now. <laughs> and Here I have not go, like, had a pawpaw yet dead. this year. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how I got rid of a bunch of weeds in our garden bed, too. I just went out there and started whacking daylilies down because they got super out of control anyways that that has to feel at least kind of gratifying though to like just it does I very very much enjoy it (laughs) (laughs) but if we can get some pawpaws I'll try to send you some and see if they are still good I don't I don't know that I'll get any this year because everything that we've gotten so far was either not ready when it fell off the tree or mm. was like too like yeasty on the outside, so it was like you know all nasty and gross. So uh, next year, yeah. Our drinks this episode were sponsored by At Thimbleworks, which is Montana Coombs, and she Woo! just uh, survived Hurricane Florence. So yeah. cheers, lady. We're happy to see that you made it through, and it seems to just be some trees and fence damage so far. Yeah. Rest <sighs> in peace to your favorite tree. It's always. It's never the things that you don't like or don't care about it's usually it's like your favorite chicken or your favorite tree like that's usually you know 
when something bad happens. So we're glad that you're alive and healthy and well. And we hope that any of your friends or family that are down there as well had the same good fortune because it looks like it was pretty intense in some spots. Yeah, that was a a pretty, pretty nasty storm. Um, But you can go check out at Thimbleworks shop over on Instagram or on Etsy. Um, I'll put a link to her shop in the show notes because Drink and Farm listeners get a discount when they shop at Thimbleworks. Yeah. Using code drink and farm, you get 10% off. Yeah. Just because she likes us so much. She really does. We're so lucky. We are. We have the greatest listeners on the planet. We do. All right. So, <laughs> so as we have been doing regularly, our BS is up on the Patreon. If anybody wants to listen to it, this week's was about 30 minutes. Bev and I were like, do we have anything to BS about? We're like, eh, we'll just hit record and see what happens. And then like 30 minutes later, we're like, oh, we should probably wrap this up. So <laughs> we spared our general audience 30 minutes of randomness. But I think it was a really good conversation. Um, so you guys should go check that out on the Patreon and you can listen to it for free. Yeah. You don't have to be a Patreon subscriber to listen to it. There will be a link to Patreon in the show notes so that you can hear it if you would like to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you do that. Um, what else do we have before we get into the meat and potatoes? Um, don't forget to take our survey. We've got an audience survey going on right now. Um, it's super helpful to the podcast. It's totally anonymous. Uh, if you like this podcast and you want it to keep going, please go take the survey. A lot of you guys have done that already. And thank you so much. We are so appreciative of it. Um, but if anybody out there has not taken it yet, please do so. There will be a link to that in the show notes. Uh, definitely go over and join our Facebook group at We Drink and We Farm Things. Um, that's actually how we knew about Montana's tree and, you know, we have other conversations going on in there. People post pictures, ask questions. We try to hop in and anybody else in the group is empowered to hop in and try to help each other out. Um, so it's a fun little community. Sometimes we go live in there. We haven't in a while, so we should probably schedule something soon. Um, but yeah, we have fun in there. So go search We Drink and We Farm Things and join our group. And also don't forget to review us in all the places. So if yeah. you haven't left us an iTunes review yet, please go do that. Um, and uh, while you're checking out our BS, you can also take a look at our Patreon page. We are at 95% of our goal as of like Woo. us recording this, which is super exciting. That means that we can get rid of that obnoxious rooster sound when we hit our <laughs> first goal. I tried to make it a good one that people would really want. (laughs) So go check it out. (laughs) You know, it's almost like a form of torture. (laughs) It's like we're forcing people to give us money so they can stop being tortured by the rooster. (laughs) I think the goat sound is pretty damn cute, though. Yeah, we'll keep the goat sound. We'll get rid of the rooster sound, though, and buy something else. And then we'll also have, like, a fun little ditty so that we can tell you that this is We Drink and We Farm Things. And again, it is, like, what? (laughs) Ten minutes. Ten minutes in, and we haven't told you this is We Drink and We Farm Things yet. (laughs) Just shy of 15 minutes. Yeah. Well, some of that is going to get cut, so it's not going to be that long. (laughs) Yes, We Drink and We Farm Things. And that person talking over there is Bev, and I'm Sam which we kind of establish at least in the beginning. At least they know our names. That's true. Good point. So we're doing something right. And this is the podcast where we drink and we talk about farming things. Yeah. We keep it pretty simple. So let's get to it. Hey, Bev, what repels insects and pests, increases pH to sweeten crops, sanitizes chicken coops, stables, and barns, and does about 20 other things? I don't know, Sam. What? Uh, for Saturday Lime, the organic, very, very safe to the point where you can eat it, but I don't recommend that, uh, lime product that you can use all over your farm and in your house. Well, more outside your house, but you get what I'm saying. It's safe to use inside your house. Yeah, and totally yes. don't eat it because it is not made of ground up limes. No, and while it looks kind of like cake powder, it's definitely not. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> That's the consistency of it, and I love that I can take that stuff out of the package with my bare hands if I forget my little scoopy and just spray it and make it rain all over the chicken coop. Yeah, because it's totally safe for chickens to ingest, to roll in. It's totally fine for them to breathe it in because unlike diatomaceous earth, it doesn't have any silica in it. So it's safe for lungs. 
and it doesn't burn your animals or your hands like regular hydrated lime does. Yes. So you guys just have to try this if you haven't already. Or if you have before, you can still go to firstsaturdaylime.com and use our promo code at checkout. It is hashtag drink and you will get 10% off. And you can use that code every time you lime. Because remember, it's first Saturday lime because you're supposed to use it every first Saturday. (laughs) So I have some follow-up from... Not this past episode, but the one before that when we talked about the Codfather or the, what was the episode's name? The Rotten Documentary? Um, yeah. It was something, something about, about Cod dying or something. Anyways, if you watched it, awesome. If you haven't, I highly recommend you go watch it and then maybe listen to that section of the episode again so you can understand our rage. Um, we were exceptionally prepared to talk about that one, too. So I thought it was great to um, great discussion. But anyways, I wanted to follow up because um, I went grocery shopping for meat for the first time since I watched that because I tend to grocery shop in two week intervals if I can um, with meal planning. And I was on a mission to go find some fresh fish, even if it cost me more money that, you know, was from America and that I could feel good about buying. And so I went to the fresh fish section at Walmart because that's really my only option in my town. And I was like, all right, let's look at this. And this one fish was from Chile. This other fish was from Paraguay. This other fish was from Peru. And I was like having a what the F moment because it's like I was literally trying to go in with a mindset of supporting, you know, fish that were From the very, at the very least, just from, you know, United States people that fish, fishermen, I guess is what we call them. Um, And I could not believe how expensive this fish was that was, quote unquote, fresh, never frozen, but came from South America. Um, So I didn't buy it, obviously. So I was a little dejected and I went to the frozen section where I normally get my fish and looked at the labeling. And it turns out the stuff that I have been buying is at least coming from uh, fisheries from America. And they have the little label on them that says, this is regulated and we checked it out and they're good to go, which we've learned not necessarily mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's to the standard or what we think it is in our head. So Turns out I've been doing the kind of right thing most of the time, but I might have to do some research into something more like local butcher shop to determine where they get their fish. Um, If I want to be like super aware (laughs) of where my fish is coming. But yeah, I just thought it was interesting. And I walked out of the grocery store feeling kind of salty about it. Um, No pun intended. (laughs) That was a good pun, though. I like it. I know, pun intended, because we're a comedy, you know, podcast, so I guess I can allow it, but, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it's just kind of frustrating that, you know, sometimes when you're in a small town, you don't have a lot of options, um, like, I know that you get a lot of your stuff from the Amish, but can you, do you, do the Amish have fish options at all, or is it mostly just like cattle and pork? Yeah, no, and... it's mostly like beef, pork, chicken, turkeys, yeah, uh, things of that nature. Not normally fish, um, because if we really want to have a fish fry, we'll just go fishing in the creek across the street from us, and we'll catch some fish, and then we'll fillet them up and fry it. See, so at least you know, like you gotta be careful about where you uh, fish in the Great Lakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like Saginaw Bay. <laughs> The Detroit River looks pretty gross. Um, yeah, so you gotta kind of watch it. But there are there are options in Michigan, obviously. Um, it's just not something that I do a lot. So I'll have to do a little more research, see if there's something local or a local butcher, or something that has a good like supply. Um, I'm I think I'm just starting to get to that point where I just need to go to the local butcher. Period even if it's going to cost me more and just start like maybe not go balls to the walls with it, but just start like replacing some of the things that I eat with things that I know are for sure local, especially now that Sam's decided, like, I feel like this is, I like change it. Like I change my underwear. 
Um, Sam's decided to go back to the keto diet, so that requires more meat um, than what I was originally planning on eating. But I'm also looking at recipes that have plant-based protein, so I'm not. I'm still balancing that whole don't eat as much meat, but eat a lot of meat because you're on the keto diet. Um, so I'm trying to like do the best of both worlds. We'll see. I'm easing myself back in. So I'm not going to be too hard on myself. Just like yesterday, I ate like perfectly all day. And then my husband busted out the uh, sour gummy worms, which are like my kryptonite. Oh, those are Jared's favorite. And if you eat like three of them, it's like 24 grams of carbs. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so many carbs. screw it. I was like, screw it. I'm going to ease myself back in. <laughs> and now they're out of the house. So it's fine. That works. But yeah. <laughs> That was my follow-up of Fish Rage. I was also super proud, pat myself on the back, for buying organic grass-fed beef yesterday, which I normally don't do. I usually just do whatever's cheap. But Oh, I love it. Well, you know, so one of the things that I've noticed is I, I find that the organic grass-fed beef isn't really that big of a difference, like, per pound. And, you know, like, it's just you and your husband, so you're probably just making a pound time yeah like for dinners and stuff so i i want to say that like unless you're buying like the super cheap tube meat which i don't know why that always kind of grossed me out a little bit i don't like my meat. yeah i've done it i've definitely done it yeah i mean i've done it also (laughs) but something about squeezing it out always grossed me out for some reason i don't know why yeah um it's normally like what like 350 a pound unless it's really on sale and you can get the grass-fed stuff for like 550 a pound yeah i was actually super surprised Like, it's an extra $2 for that meal. Yeah, it was like $5.68, I think, and it's like 85-15 is the fat ratio, which is fine for me right now. But I was looking at it, and the packaging, it's so funny, the packaging looks, like, more condensed. So I showed my husband, I was like, look how fancy I am with my, you know, conscious meat decision. And he's like is that even a pound? And I was like, yeah, it's just not in like the styrofoam that makes it look like more than it actually is. Yeah. It doesn't so like part have all the wonders. air pumped into it to make it those like exactly so that it looks like a giant mound of, of beef. Yeah, exactly. So part of me wonders if that's part of the reason people just default to the other options. Cause it looks like you're getting more. Oh, that's totally a possibility. I hadn't thought of that, but the one that I ended up getting, it does look like, more edible in a weird way but it looks like I think maybe it's like a psychology thing too I don't know because you're looking at it and like the curly Q thing that's what you think beef should look like so maybe you're like really skeeved out when you look at meat and it actually looks at like meat like you know the whole steak section can be a little weird oh yeah I mean I could totally see that I mean we do eat with our eyes as well it's not just like with our olfactory area which is you know like your smelling glands that sounded really fancy. It did. I'm trying to use big words. <laughs> I'm impressed. Everybody just like collectively rolled their eyes at us. Yeah, whatever. We're getting more bougie as, you know, the more episodes we do, the more bougie we're getting with our words. The fancy drinking farm podcast. Yeah, we're so fancy. But anyways, that's the end of my rant. So what's new or do you uh, have any follow up? From last week? Yeah, I have some follow-up on the minimalism documentary. So it's funny. I sort of felt like I overshared a little bit about my closet issues and my feelings. <laughs> so I'm going to overshare again. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> because it just I love it. can't help myself. No. So watching the documentary sort of, I don't know what sort I'm looking for. Like, I just sort of started evaluating like myself as a person um, because I don't know, I'm sure that other people are going to relate to this. Like we all have this idea in our heads of like who we think we should be. Mm -hmm. And like that minimalism documentary sort of sparked like a conscious consumer, not wanting to own too many things, not wanting to support um, businesses that don't align with my values and whatnot. Um, it sort of sparked that in me. So I was sort of trying to think like, well, like what other things, like what other ideas do I have about myself, like in my head that I'm not acting on because I'm just, I'm not organized enough to actually like stick to the things that I think I should be doing. So I went ahead and I finally made that list of priorities that I talked about on, I don't remember what episode it was, but like 
at least 10 episodes ago, I had talked about how I had been having trouble making decisions at the feed store. And -hmm. I was feeling guilty later when I got home and I realized like that to myself, I might have made the wrong decision. So I I finally made my list of priorities so that I can start there with everything that I'm doing. And my priority list goes that I want to buy locally, which means that I want to buy from local stores and I want to buy things that were made by local people or, you know, harvested by local people. That's my first priority. If it's something that I can't get from a local store or from a local person, then I want to at least try to make it be organic because, you know, organic Mm -hmm. processes are just sort of more earth friendly in the long run. If I can't do both of those things, then it has to be something that's necessary, you know, like for the health of the people or the health of the animals in our house. It has to be something that we need to have Um, Mm because like, you know, obviously like, you know, vaccinating your goats isn't necessarily you know, like local or organic, but it, I, I, for myself, for my farm, it's something that I feel like is necessary for the health of my goats. So it's something that I'm going to do anyways. So I try to buy it from a local store at least when I get it. So that's how I'm sort of like making my decisions now. And I feel like I have a lot less guilt. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, cause I like, I laid out my priorities and I can't feel guilty about the decisions I make anymore because I followed the checklist that I have in my head of like how I'm making my decisions. Yeah. My checklist usually goes like, is it on sale? Because (laughs) if it's on sale, which is not always a great mindset to have. Well, but it depends. Is your priority saving money? Then if your priority is saving money, then yes, that is a good thing. But do I actually need it or am I just getting it because it's on sale? There we go. That And I fall See? into that trap too because of the sale yeah. thing. Yeah. It's a trap. But I like I like how you came up with parameters though to, you know, make it fit into your life with those, you know, guidelines. I'm sure not everything's going to always fit into those guidelines. But I think that's a really good place to start, you know, from the at the very least. So kudos to you I'm gonna have to come up with my own list well so. and it's funny I really love checklists I'm like a checklist person I I had no idea <laughs> you had no idea no I'm, I'm just being sarcastic because <laughs> I think I caught on that when you made like a checklist when you were like incubating the first round of it oh yeah I love <laughs> checking things off like checking things off brings me like so much joy I make my kids have a checklist every morning and Ooh. yeah they have like a morning and an evening checklist it it's failing miserably. When I finally figure out how to like get them to do it, I'll share all about that because I'm sure everybody <laughs> could use getting their kids to do a few more things that you want them to do. But right now, it's... Bev loves checklists. Her kids, not so much. My kids <laughs> hate checklists. But um, I made myself a morning checklist also um, because, you know, like throwing back to that minimalism documentary and how I'm trying to like be myself as a person. I'm not trying to change who I am. I'm trying to... I'm trying to put into action the things that I think in my head about myself. So I made a checklist for five things that I need to do every day to like reinforce who I am, like as a person to myself and like, I don't know, I don't need to prove anything to the outside world, but you get the idea. Um, And the five things that I decided I'm putting on my list are I'm going to drink kumbacha every day. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to be kind to somebody. I'm going to eat or drink something green because let's face it, sometimes like a smoothie is the best you can possibly get into yourself as far as healthy things go. And I'm going to wash my damn face that I'm sure that you've seen that book, like girl, wash your face. I have, I haven't listened to it either. Yeah, no, but I feel like I should because I feel like, like there are so many times, especially since I only wear makeup like two days a week, maybe. And like, I'll just forget and fall into bed and be so exhausted and then realize I still have makeup on and it's like a struggle of do I want to age my face overnight or should I just go wash my face (laughs) right well but I just get like washing my face I I can be too yeah but I got I my my compromise my compromise is those little face wipe things from the store oh I like that maybe I'll get some of those and there's nighttime ones yeah there's nighttime ones that have like good smells in them to like relax you so I recommend that even because it's probably not as good as like full on washing your face, but I feel like it's a good compromise if you're wrestling with, I don't want to 
So, because I do that. Because my inner child is just kind of a dickhead. So. (laughs) I like it. Your inner child and my inner child would have been friends. um, Because my inner child is really terrible at standing up for herself. So she would have found you so that you would have stood up for her. (laughs) Wash your face. (laughs) Take care of your damn self. (laughs) Yeah. No, but it's amazing, like, how often... Especially I can imagine because I seem like I only have my stepchildren every other week. And on those weekends, I have a harder time doing things for myself or I just let things slip a little more because I'm so focused on like they have to the house has to be like much cleaner than it normally is when they're here because I don't want them to think like that we live like pigs and, you know, I I need to make meals for them. So like some of that self-care slips. So I can't even imagine what I would be like if I did have like my own child. Um, even just with having a lot of animals, sometimes you forget to do something for yourself or, you know, it's easy just in the bustle of the day. So I think this like five things idea is great because it's like, you're not asking yourself to do anything overly complicated with these five things. So it's sustainable from the, from my viewpoint, it looks sustainable. Yeah. And it's something that I want to get into the habit of doing every day, because then once those five things become habit, I'll move on and I'll pick five more things that I think like reflect who I am as a human being to do next. So yeah, I don't have like a fancy hashtag or anything for my challenge, but I don't know, maybe we'll chat about it in the group. I'll put a post up there and I'll say, Hey, if, if you wanted to do five things that, you know, that showed yeah. yourself and the world who you are as a person, like what would they be? And I don't know. Maybe we can chat about the the challenges we're having uh, over yeah. there. So join our Facebook group. Yeah, go do we're it. We're going to plug that again. Think, yeah, I'll think of five things and I'll comment on your post. And if anybody else wants to comment their stuff, they can. But they don't have to because maybe it's private. Yeah, that's true. It can totally be private. You don't have to tell anybody what it is. I mean, it's funny. We make the joke about how we're sort of introverts and like private people. But then we have this like podcast where we bear (laughs) all. So I've just decided that like I just I I can't have any secrets anymore. I mean, I'm sure that I have some secrets still. Um, But like part of part of building a community and and being authentic with the people that we're engaging with just requires that I share more about myself than some people might feel comfortable doing. And that's okay. You don't have a podcast. Yeah. People like stories and vulnerability. So we kind of signed ourselves up for this. (laughs) We did. (laughs) So we have a brand new corner this week. We do. How many corners do we have in our house now? Uh, So many. Lots of corners. (laughs) Lots and lots of corners. corners. But nobody puts Bev and Sam in a corner. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. (laughs) Sorry, I had to make a dirty dancing joke. I just had to. So uh, hold on. I have to go on a a tiny side tangent. I've never seen dirty dancing. Excuse me. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I have never seen that movie. My husband has tried (laughs) multiple times to set it up so that we can watch it. And he's failed every time. Sometime this winter while it's snowing and we can't go outside. I'll watch it, though. I promise. Oh, my Bev. Like, what the? I am just disturbed right now. Like, I was not expecting you to say that. And I am deeply disturbed. (laughs) I'm going to have to message your husband on Facebook and be like, make her watch. (laughs) Give her beers and make her. (laughs) And the thing is, you'll probably watch it and you'll be like, this is dumb. Like, people hyped this up so much. (laughs) No, it's so good. (laughs) Okay. I have to collect myself after that. But why don't you go ahead and introduce our new corner while I calm down? (laughs) Okay. We have a Henny and Rue corner. Because we just got our Henny and Rue boxes this week. So we thought it would be fun to kind of like unpack them and talk about the things that were in them on the podcast. Because I know like a lot of you guys have the Henny and Rue box also, but some of you guys might not. And you might be like curious, like what all it really is. So once a month when we get our Henny and Rue box, we're going to just do a tiny corner. Not going to be too big or fancy, but we'll just talk about what's in it. So yeah. What was your favorite thing from the box this month, Sam? So they, Henny and Rue just came out with some branded, uh, Henny and Rue branded products, which we did learn about when we interviewed Tina. Um, what was that episode called? Drink and... Drink and Rue? Drink and Rue, yes. So if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to it because she did leak on that episode that they were coming out with Henny and Rue branded items. And it's so exciting to finally like get them in the box because... 
because she shared that information with us, I feel like more invested in like trying those products out. Um, but the spectacular shrimp was my favorite thing because my chickens like treat it like it's crack. Like it's it's pretty dang close to grublies and their obsession with grublies. And I think it's because they're just not used to getting something like shrimp. Um, so I think there's like mealworms and shrimp and some other stuff in there. Um, but they really like it. And like I did an Insta story on Saturday and threw some in a, into a pool and like it was just like a feeding frenzy. So that was my favorite thing from this box. Um, oh, yeah. What and was yours? I'm looking at the at the label on it and the ingredients are all great ingredients. It's corn, um, dried mealworms. I don't know what Milo is. Milo. Um, mm, I don't know either. Dried shrimp, oat groats, safflower, and safflower seeds. So, um, yeah, it's like all things that you can pronounce except for Milo. I don't know what that is. I'll have to Google that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. Oh, but you yes. know what? It's probably um, – it. Uh, I don't know. I'm not even going to guess. Just kidding. <laughs> nah. But if you like to be able to, like, actually read what ingredients are, like, in your chicken's food, this is a good one. Because, like, it just has a few. They're very straightforward. I'm just uneducated, and I don't know what that is. Uh, well, you can do a little follow-up next week. One of us can when we figure it out. <laughs> I will. And it's a high-protein treat. So um, yeah. good for strong for- eggshells. Yeah, and if anybody else's chickens are molting, too, it's probably good for that. Oh, uh, so. yeah, we're coming into molting season. Oh, yes. But what was your favorite thing in this month's box? So my favorite thing was the egg scrubby. Mm-hmm. I rinse my eggs every time I use them because I like to cook my eggs over easy. And you know how, like, raw or undercooked eggs, like, it doesn't kill all of the bacteria that ends up in them. And the outside mm-hmm. of the shell can be pretty gross. Um, so yeah. I always scrub the outside of the shell to make sure that there's no like bits of mud or poop on the outside because I don't want to make myself or my family sick. And this little scrubby is going to make that so much easier. It's going to be so nice not to dirty all those washcloths when I'm scrubbing my yeah. eggs. So I was really excited about it. Yeah, me too. I mean, my husband's usually the one that clean like because when we take eggs to the feed store, they prefer that you clean them and then they refrigerate them when you get there. Um, for my personal customers, I do not wash them because we don't have enough refrigerator space at work <laughs> for me to do that. Cause a lot of people want like two dozen at a time. So, um, yeah, my husband is in charge of the egg scrubbing, so I'm sure he'll be very excited, um, when he gets to do that chore. <laughs> nice. And there was a bunch of other great things inside the box too. We got some fly paper, we got a really nice apron that says gather on it. And I don't know about you. Like I can never have enough aprons because I, I use them for planting because I put like the seed packets in it and like my gardening oh. tools. I use them when I go out to do chores because if I'm going to collect eggs, you know, I'll have a place to throw eggs in um, or, you know, put treats in the pockets. Like if I'm going to be walking around and like seeing the animals and I love aprons. Yeah. I mean, you can also put beer in it as long as it's not opened. So <laughs> right. there's that. I like that. <laughs> beer in my apron. Maybe those little, like, little shots, you know, that come in the tiny bottles. You can probably, like, just put those in there, too. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> there was also a bag of the Honey and Rue branded Coop Herbs, um, which I was really excited about. I love Coop Herbs. That's, so like, one of my favorite things to mm-hmm. use in my Coop help makes it smell good and the chickens will actually eat some of them too um and they're good for them yeah and there was also an egg white facial bar from sweden which you guys oh my gosh it's so nice it smells so good yeah talk about washing your face i know i'm i'm kind of excited now i almost used it before we got on the podcast just because i was like maybe this will be my favorite thing i don't know but then I saw that you have to like put it on for five minutes and it like extracts the crap out of your face. And I still had to make my drink and I didn't want soap in my drink because I'm clumsy. So I will try it again later and maybe that could be another follow up thing. But it smells so good. Yeah. And in fact, like I liked it so much, I went on Amazon and found it so that this is oh. what I could always be using to wash my dang face. Um, so I'll put a link to where you can buy these soaps in a five pack on Amazon so that if you like it as much as I do and you want to add, wash your face to your five things that you do every day, you can do that really easily. Yeah. Um, 
Also, <laughs> there was another item in the box, and I wasn't quite sure what it was. Oh, yeah. So, anybody else that got the box, did you think the face mask was actually a chicken diaper? Because I totally did. <laughs> I totally did, I had too. To, <laughs> I had to look at the card because I was like, how is it? This seems kind of loose. Like, I don't, like, is what size chicken is this for? Like, I don't, you know, eh. And then I looked at the card and it's like, face mask, because it's really bad for you to clean your coop without a face mask. And I was like, oh, uh. <laughs> but that was a nice little item for, uh, for Henny and Rue to throw in there. I was just a little confused. Well, and what a great thing to throw in there also, because like, I mean, I'm really bad about throwing a face mask on, but I was using disposable oh, masks when I was throwing oh. one on. And, you know, that's not very environmentally friendly. So having this washable, like reusable face mask is pretty freaking handy. Yeah. And I feel like I didn't put it on my face yet, but it's probably going to feel pretty nice as it gets colder compared to like one of those like plasticky disposable things. Oh, yeah. So. I totally agree. Mm hmm. And since we talked about Henny and Rue's uh, branded products, now is a good time to let everybody know that Henny and Rue does have another subscription box. So in addition to the regular Henny and Rue box, you can get a Coop Basics box, which is just, it's exactly what it sounds like, Coop Basics. So every month you'll receive mm -hmm. a packet of the Henny and Rue 3-in-1 vitamins, electrolytes, and probiotics. Um, you'll also get a bag of the Coop Complete, which is the dried herbs that go in the nesting boxes and on the floor to keep your Coop fresh smelling. And it will also come with a bag of the Pectacular Shrimp Tree, which is a high-protein treat for your, for your chickens. Yeah. And it's 1.5 pounds, which is pretty substantial amount of treats. Like, I mean, for the... I. I have people all the time ask me, how many chickens do you have? And I'm like, over 50. And they look at me like, how do you not know the exact number? Um, what I do know is they go through a lot of treats. So <laughs> that is like a really great size bag. If you don't want to be surprised every month with what you're going to get, um, I don't think I've ever personally been disappointed by a Honey and Roo box. And I'm not just saying that because they're a sponsor, I'm being honest. But if you don't like surprises and you just want you know, the things that you consistently think you're going to need each month, definitely check this out. Um, and we're super excited that our code does work for that box as well. That's right. So if you decide to subscribe to the Coop uh, Basics box, you can use the code drink and farm and you'll get 10% off of your first box in that subscription. Hey, Bev, what's your favorite treat to give your chickens? Oh, it's definitely Grubblies. Oh, well, what a dink. That's mine, too. <laughs> <laughs> We're like the same person. I know. It's so weird, right? Um, but one of the main reasons I love Grubbly Farms is because they're a small business run by, like, two really young, fantastic businessmen, and it actually started in their laundry room. Now, I don't know about you, but... Um, getting boys to do their laundry is kind of a struggle, so it doesn't surprise me that this started in their laundry room with 700 black soldier fly grubs. That's amazing. So, not only are you supporting a small business when you purchase Grubblies, but you're also giving, like, the healthiest treat that you possibly can to your chickens, because they're super high in protein, they're super high in calcium, so it means strong eggshells and strong healthy feathers, and seriously... The grubblies bring all the hens to the yard. Yes. And they're like, it's better than worms. <laughs> yes. So use uh, code WINE20 at checkout. You'll get 20% off your first order of grubblies. And they also have a super sweet subscription. So you can just bring the grubblies to your house every month without thinking about it. And your chickens will love you for forever, basically. True that. <laughs> so now let's uh, talk about our goats. We're having yes. a goatee episode. Yes, we like goats. Totes, goats. Goaty make goat face. So it looks like we both have <laughs> we both have something to talk about today. So what is your goat related item today, Bev? I have Coop the goat, which is mm -hmm. my weathered male goat, which means that he has been fixed, so he cannot be my herd sire. Um, and shortly after he 
uh, we did the banding on his balls. <laughs> Sorry, M5. Sam's <laughs> <laughs> <Sam> 5. <laughs> we started noticing some growths on his horn area. And so I meant I messaged the breeder about it and I was like, what are these? Like, it looks like his horns are growing back, but they're growing back like all nasty and weird and like, I don't know, like gnarly. And he's like, mm. oh, those are skurs. And I'm oh. like, oh, no, what on earth is a skur? So um, <laughs> it sounds so scurry. <laughs> so skurs are. Um, like a partial horn growth that can come back after a goat has been disbudded. So um, disbudding is when you use like the hot iron to burn the horns down on a goat that is born um, with horns. And you do this if you want to have goats in your herd that don't, um, that don't have horns basically. I was going to talk about like all the reasons, like whether you'd want a horned goat or not, but I feel like that's not all that relevant to this conversation. I'm going to move that over to our goat special mini so that we're going to do either next week or the week after that. So if you want more information on horns, you'll be able to go there in a couple of weeks. Um, But when those grow back, they're not really like real horns, but they do still can cause like some discomfort and bleeding because Coops skurs specifically are growing back towards his head. Mm. And so they like curl in and if they get long enough, they'll eventually like start digging into his skull, which is going to cause like some uncomfortableness for him. Um, So we have to take them off every now and then. Um, Luckily, he has gotten them caught on things so they just rip right off and i can always tell like when he does it because he'll come running up you know for dinner time and he'll have like blood running down his head and i'm like oh coop you like ripped that off um (laughs) it doesn't seem to bother him though i usually just spray it um Mm -hmm. i i'll like put some green goo on it um to make sure that it doesn't get infected and then it like heals right up and then the skur starts growing again and so far it's just been growing um back the way that it always does, which is towards his head. I've talked to a vet about having it reburned off. Um, uh-huh. The idea of re-dehorning my goat sounds really awful to me. Um, but yeah. he did say that for pet goats, he puts them under anesthesia, and he can reburn it and hope. But that doesn't guarantee that the skurs don't come back. Like some goats are just prone to skurs, and some aren't. They try to say that it's um, it, it can be because the dehorning was done incorrectly. Um, but I don't know. I've known lots of breeders that do a really good job at dehorning, and some goats just get more skirts than others. And I think it has something to do with hormones. Yeah, it does. And just to kind of back up, you want to really be careful putting goats under anesthesia, too, because it does not normally go well. Um, but there are some some vets out there that don't realize like that goats can be like part of the family to some people, so they don't necessarily mention that risk. Um, I don't know what kind, like if he was going to put it like under a local anesthesia or if he was going to put them under, under, um, but I've heard a lot of horror stories about goats being put under anesthesia and not coming out. So just be careful. Yeah. No, I mean, I ended up canceling that appointment because that was when I got my, um, my sciatic nerve like really pinched up. So I had to cancel it cause I couldn't pick Coop up. Because, you know, I, I have to carry my goats into the vet because they right. don't exactly walk on leashes very well. <laughs> right. Ours try, but they're just so excited about everything that they don't really walk in a straight line. Yeah, no. <laughs> Maybe I'll work on my leash skills first before I take him back to the vet. Um, but after he broke it off that one time, I realized that, oh, like, this really isn't that big of a deal. Like, yeah, it's a little ugly, but he's our weather goat. He's just our pet. Yeah. We love him for who he is. So um, I've decided that when they start growing towards his head, if he hasn't already naturally broken them off, I'll just be trimming them. And Mm -hmm. um, I did some research on how you can trim them. And there's this one um, breeder that I like to get a lot of information for online. I was just laughing at myself because I've been calling it Fias Cove Farms. Um, But it's totally fiasco. So I'll put a link to this in the show notes to their area about disbudding. Um, They use a wire saw 
and um, which is also like a bone cutting saw. Mm-hmm. And you need to trim them if they start growing towards the head. And, you know, it's going to start digging into their skin and whatnot. Um, yeah. So I'll just link to this in the show notes because I haven't actually had to trim mine. Um, but I also realized I might just use the hoof trimmers to just cut little pieces off at a time. Ah. Um, because they do tell you that you want to do it kind of slowly because horns do have blood vessels in them, hence why he's a bloody yeah. mess after he breaks the scurs off. Um, yeah. And you don't want to accidentally cut too close and cause a lot of bleeding that you can't stop. Um, but I do keep cornstarch mm-hmm. and um, blood stop inside my first aid kit. So if that other ever happened, I would just powder his head with that and that would hopefully take care of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I'll just trim off a little tiny bit at a time. I've been looking at it. It's kind of time to do it. So I think when I do their hooves next weekend, I'll be looking at that to trim some of it off. Yeah. You'll have to let us know how that goes. If you try it like, to his, his are kind of growing back, but it's hard to tell. He looks like he's just kind of like got a little bit of a cone head, but he, he has his balls. So apparently this is a thing where if you disbud goats and don't, ban their balls or snip snip or whatever you're gonna do they'll grow back too but his seemed like they were kind of growing back and then stopped and they're not digging into his head so at first I thought he was just getting like a swollen head because he like headbutts everything uh, because he has his balls and he's a goat but yeah it's definitely kind of scary to think about and like it's good to know that there's an option to trim them um, so thank you for sharing. I appreciate it. <laughs> you are very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so I do have some goat related things this week too. Um, for those of you that don't have goats or don't have, uh, a sire or a buck on your property, um, fall is notoriously rut season for goats. Now, Goats can pretty much breed at any time. Um, They're horny little dudes. But there are certain times of the year where they're more excitable than others. And apparently, I've learned that fall is one of those times. Now, Toot was born in January. So, and I I got him at a week old. So, in my mind, he's my little baby. So, I'm kind of struggling uh, with his cuteness because he's still so young. um, And his horniness. Uh, because he has turned into a tongue-waving, blubbering, spitting, stumping, little hot mess. Um, which I've sent you, Bev, some videos of him doing that. And I've put some up on my Insta stories. So if you guys want to see what a goat and rut looks like, just go to my stories. There's probably something in there because it's freaking hilarious well and um, it's so funny that you sent those to me because i had been wondering why my goats weren't blubbering and doing that because you know you see it on america's funniest home video all the time you know like yeah. the goat wagging the tongue and doing the blah, 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 blah. <laughs> i don't know i can't even do it yeah so, <laughs> yeah <laughs> like why don't my goats do that and it's because i don't have a buck if i had a buck he'd do that for me <laughs> well sometimes biscuit will do that and he does not have his balls oh and maybe um, he's just uh uh, mo- mocking him is that the right word? Uh, well, impersonating him. <laughs> he was kind. He'd kind of do it like before we got to, but not to this level. But now I'm noticing that maybe he's feeling inspired. Oh, by two. there we go. Inspired. And then Cal does this really stupid noise. He's like, Ugh! that's what Cal sounds like. <laughs> it See, just... none of my goats do that. They all just still do that meh at me. Because they're all still like kind of tiny and adorable. Yeah. Maybe you just got to wait a little longer. Maybe maybe next season Coop will, you know, feel so inspired even though he can't actually do anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but that's what I told Biscuit. I was like, you can't do anything, bud. I don't know what you're trying to do. But one of the videos I did get to and I debated sending it to you, but I felt like it might be too much. Um. To, I was trying just to get him a video of him just doing his thing, like making his noises and stuff because it's funny. And I ended up getting a video of him putting his head by his penis and peeing on his face and then trying to lick his oh, no. penis. And I was like, oh, my God, too. What are you doing? <laughs> but yeah, and then he he's also doing the dirt face is what I call it. I, apparently it's called like a buck face, but they raise their top lip. 
and they like make the this weird like derpy face and i guess that's them smelling the air around them so maybe he's like looking for the ladies um even though they're right in front of his face uh he's not skilled enough to know when when he smelled them (laughs) no but like if i if i like tap his nose a couple times he'll end up doing it and it's just it's pretty cute um but just like because i'm interested in you know having milk like goat's milk so i'm kind of letting him hang out with the girls just to just in case it happens you know if it doesn't that's fine but apparently i had noticed that he was in with everybody else so i was gonna uh, ask you yeah, I'm I'm trying to let it happen, but I I did some research and apparently, you know, female goats only go into heat every 21 days and it lasts for about 1 to 3 days and there's like a window of 28 to 48 hours where it's like optimal time for them to be bred and I don't think they're in heat quite right now because it's pretty apparent when they are um because they're flicking their tails around and there might be a little discharge um in their vaginal area. And they do like the yelling and bleeding for absolutely no reason. Um, But I thought it was interesting because I did find that Nigerians, boars, Spanish and fainting and pygmy goats, along with some Nubians, will breed year-round. But other dairy breeds are seasonal, and they tend to only go into heat every 21 days from August to January. So depending on what kind of goats you have, you need to have a little more strategery with your breeding um but you are able to tell i guess if the breeding is successful if you don't if you don't witness it um because there'll be milky white liquid coming from her vagina to quote one blog that i found so that's pretty graphic that is pretty graphic but it's good to know it's science it's science um, but they said, trust me, it's easy to spot. So if you can't just stand there and wait for it to happen and you want to know that it was successful, that's a pretty good way to decide that, you know, you're not going to be able to tell if they're pregnant or not just by looking at them for about three months. So if you don't want to pay for an ultrasound or a blood test, um, that's a good way to at least know when they were bred so you could kind of keep an eye on it. Um, also important to note do not turn your back on a buck in rut. <laughs> Don't oh, do it. Yeah. Um, Toot's still small enough that he doesn't really knock me over. But he was definitely jumping on me and making those noises. So I don't know if he was trying to get at me or what, but I did read that you can get knocked over and then they'll try to breed you. Oh no. And Toot's still trying to figure it out and he 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 humps a lot of faces, so I don't want to get knocked over and then get humped in the face. No, that so, sounds pretty awful. Yes, there you go. <laughs> um but yeah, so like this weekend on Friday I had him out with the girls and I just told the kids like, "Hey, please don't go in with the goats." And I told, I told Aslan cause she's 11 and I'm pretty sure she knows how babies are made at this point. I haven't directly had a talk with her, but she's said some things where I, I'm pretty sure she has an idea. So I go, don't go in with the goats because I'm trying to let Loki have, make babies. And she's like, oh, we're going to have babies. Can I name one? She gets all excited. And I'm like, cause like Soren is nine and I don't know if he knows how babies are made yet because that's not oh, my job yeah. to tell them how babies are made but he comes running out of his room like Loki's gonna have babies and I was like <laughs> well Loki's not because Loki's a boy but maybe he'll do his thing and just don't go into the goat pen okay because I don't want you to get knocked over because he's really hyper and jumping around right now I'm like oh Jesus but like Saturday I didn't let him out but he's out again today so you definitely want to watch your back be careful with any kiddos out there no matter what their age are because a lot of the times they're just not paying attention and I mean five goats in one area is a lot even just for me like if I try to leave most of them are able to run out with me and that's a mess in and of itself so just a word to the wise be careful because you don't want to get your face humped or other things humped or peed on so yeah no all of those things sound super awful isn't owning animals fun oh my gosh it's great it's the miracle of life (laughs) but at least with them i can just you know it's okay for me to put them in a cage and walk away i can't do that with real children i'll i'll get in trouble so 
you know, it's a little easier than having kids, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. It, yeah. it certainly is. You know, yeah. it's funny. Um, so one thing about, you know, we have Coop and he's not a herd sire, obviously, because he's a weather. Um, so one of the reasons why I kept him was because he's going to be able to tell us when our does are in heat. Um, because even though he doesn't have his balls and he doesn't have all the testosterone, he'll still try to mount them when they're mm. doing their tail wag and they're bleeding. And yep. we'll know that they're ready for breeding because they'll stand still for it. Yep. Yeah. Our girls are not having it right now. Yeah. So they're not quite ready. No, I saw from afar to try to mount Maya and she just literally like kind of like fainting goat style just like fell over. She's like, uh-uh. That's so she's like, awesome. She like melted into a puddle. She's like, no, thank you. I like, have a headache. I have a headache. I'm going to go to sleep. Good night. <laughs> exactly. She, I was like dying while I was doing dishes. I'm like, oh, I can't even handle you guys right now. Goats uh, are super hilarious. So I'm, I'm glad that you decided to keep Toot as a herd sire. Have you decided whether or not you're going to register him or not? Um, I don't think so. At least not right now. I just kind of want to see how this round goes before I make like large investments in a different setup. And I don't know if we'll keep all the kids or not. But like with two not even being registered at a week old, you know, I got them for $70, which isn't a bad gig if you're just gonna breed for funsies for pets. Yeah, that's true. You yeah. Know? Um, that was how much I got Coop for also. I got him for $75. Yeah. So I might, you know, we'll see. We'll see how this one goes. I think my husband's kind of hesitant just because he doesn't know what to expect. I'm not even sure he's seen, like, a live birth before, like, outside of his children anyways. Like, it's a little – it's intense if you're not used to it. I've seen some calves born on my parent, on my grandparents' dairy farm, and that's pretty intense. Um, so I think he, there's just some fear there of it not going well, which is always a possibility. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how this round goes and how we feel about it. But I'm, I looked at two on Friday and I was like, I'm going to let you out because I want more baby goats and I don't want to have to pay for them. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I might just end up keeping them depending on what we get. So, yeah, no, that seems fair enough. Yeah. Maybe I'll bring my unregistered does up, uh, to stay for a weekend and see if we can't get them Ooh. bred by two. That would be fun. Maybe a little date. <laughs> yeah. A little goat date. A little goat party. We can live Instagram it. Mm. We're like yeah, drinking and watching our goats hump. That would be yeah. like the ultimate. <laughs> Drink and hump. The mini-sode. <laughs> that sounds real bad. We get some creepy people doing some searches on their podcast app. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, no, no. And that comes up. <laughs> They'll be sorely disappointed in what we're talking about. Yes. I can tell you that right now. Yes. I mean, I did say, you know, white liquid coming from vagina. So maybe they won't. I don't know. But <laughs> Oh, boy. The, the joys of farming and breeding. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, I used to be really uncomfortable about having these kinds of conversations because, you know, that's just <clears throat> the way that our, uh, like, our culture is. Like, we yeah. tend to be sort of prudish when it comes to things like this. But once mm-hmm. you own a farm and you're going to breed animals, like, you just can't be. It's right. impossible. Not if you want to actually get, like, real information about how to do the things you want to do. Like, you just can't be squeamish talking about it. Yeah. Well, maybe our goats will be boyfriend and girlfriend. Maybe. Just for a day. Yeah. A little fling. He can drive up to uh, Michigan to see his little side piece. (laughs) Or I guess Toot wouldn't be driving, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) The ladies have to come to the gentleman caller. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, this is uh, We Drink and We Farm Things, and I'm Sam. And I'm Bev. So make sure you go over to our Instagram at Drink and Farm to follow us on all the latest drinking and farming happenings. And you can use hashtag Drink and Farm uh, to enter in our weekly little contest that we have that doesn't really have any rules to use it, to use that hashtag. Just drink safely. Um, That's about the only rule. 
Yeah, and you want to go check out our Instagram because we are having a giveaway this week. And it just started yesterday, if you're listening to this episode on the day that it dropped, which is going to be a Friday. Um, And it only lasts until Sunday. So I'm sorry if you don't listen to these, like right when they come out, this giveaway is probably not going on anymore. Um, But you'll get to get in on another giveaway later. But that's precisely why you want to join our Facebook group. And you want to listen to our BS on the Patreon because the BS that dropped earlier in the week allowed you to be prepared for said giveaway. And we always post things in the group and Facebook's really good about notifying you when things are posted in our group. So make sure you do those things if you have neither. That's right. And we're giving away something super cool. It's a a sterling silver chicken necklace and Mm -hmm. a chicken cuff. Um, from Delicacies Jewelry. So it's kind of fun and fancy farming things. Yeah. Um, we're going to feel like bougie farmers wearing yeah, them you around. Can, you can take the farm with you when you, you know, put on your real people clothes and go out into society and do things. So that's right. Yeah. We have a gala coming up at my work. Maybe I'll wear my my little jewelry to that. <laughs> Oh, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. I Take like the it. farm with me. Mm-hmm. So drink. Farm. And, and give, give zero, zero clucks. Bye, guys. Bye.